Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where the winter won't let up here anyway. Um, I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. It was like 70 today. I was sweating. I'm jealous. Uh, today, we were talking about <laughs> dumb movies, because we started talking about it last week, and then we realized we wanted to talk about it more. That's all the reasoning that I need for it. And Yay, dumb movies. When we say dumb movies, dumb in air quotes that you can't see, because this is a podcast, but... It's it's those movies that we love and it's like it I guess I always talk about them as like I turn my brain off for them or right. the other way that you always try to reframe it when I put it like that is <laughs> uh it is what it is and it it succeeds at right. being what it's trying to be and it's not trying to be like highbrow cinema it's definitely yep. A very narrow focus on what it wants to be. And I love the term dumb because in my house, Jennifer and I really do put it out there that dumb is awesome. That when we see something at uh, at an art show, we're like, oh, no, that is th- look at this, honey. This is dumb. And the artist will look at us and it's like, no, 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 no. We're going to buy this. We love it. Like that is it, this is this thing is ridiculous and we love it. And that is the highest compliment that you can get from us, because when we say something is dumb, it means that we want it our lives and so for these kind of movies like dumb is exactly the way i think about it it's like man i want to see a dumb movie and uh, that's the way i felt pretty much all weekend long well and so this came out of like last week's conversation so we were talking about ready player one because i think you and i would probably both classify that as like it i mean it knows what it wants to be but like i'm not going to go into that and be like my mind is super engaged it's like yeah it's going to be a spectacle but that's kind of all it's going to be and maybe that's a better way to think about a lot of these movies like they're over the top or they're bombastic in a way um yeah it's quicker to say dumb movies but i, I don't think that's <laughs> the exact right term and i don't think we're going to land on the exact right term either but yeah. that's, that's okay it's a good that broad stroke to paint all of these with but we were thinking about like ready player one um pacific rim two because you're super excited for both of those uh yeah. you know Jumanji. i already saw pacific rim too i mean i could not wait on that one like that was a release that was a release day showing for me right and like jumanji welcome to the jungle because i saw that the other yep. week and i was like it succeeds so well at being exactly what it sets out to be um mm-hmm. and then jurassic world like jurassic world 2 is coming out here pretty soon i'm psyched for that one and like my wife and i will go back and watch jurassic world a lot actually like a surprising amount because that movie's pretty dumb but it's actually really fun and maybe maybe that's like a common through line is that a lot of these are fun too yeah and i think that really is more of what it is that these are fun movies that you can watch over and over again and it doesn't stop being fun that it's something that you don't have to necessarily you don't have to spend a lot of analysis time on it you you don't have to uh, try to figure out what's going on uh, maybe the first time if there are some twists or something like that but generally like you said it's just a fun movie and i actually don't think jurassic world and the jurassic park movies fault the first one at least like those don't fall into the dumb movies category for me those just kind of hit that action movie level where they're they're fun they're fun and they're great but there's nothing ridiculous about them and i know how that sounds because it's about cloning dinosaurs no but when i say there's nothing ridiculous about it I disagree with Jurassic World. I I think Jurassic Park is different because when it was made and all the filmmaking that went into it and the time and place that it was created, um, I'll agree with you there. But Jurassic World itself is there. That movie is ridiculous. Like there are so many things in that movie that and have you seen (laughs) it more than once? Because I've seen it like I don't really want to rewatch movies. I've probably seen Jurassic World like 15 or 20 times. Good God. Uh, no, I have only seen it the one time. 
Yeah, so the big bad dinosaur, like, they splice right. all this extra DNA into it that gives it superpowers, basically. And yeah. then one of the most, like, epic fights in it is they sick raptors on it that are <laughs> acting as, like, remote-controlled... Uh, I don't even know. It's, like, uh, heat vision. Like, they have laser beams on their heads and... It, trust me that movie is that's, ridiculous that's fair okay i'll i'll see that because i uh, i'll 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 concede that because i haven't really uh, thought about it in that way because it's always tied in in with the first movie so much and the how much i love the michael crichton books and all of that so absolutely can uh can see that yeah so i mean no it jurassic world is very separate from jurassic park even though i know they're the same universe it's a continuation of the story um i would not group jurassic park or like any of those movies either even though some of those are pretty bad um but <laughs> three I yeah oh three is a dumb movie that i will i will get behind and whenever it's on tv absolutely yeah but i wouldn't watch group those in with jurassic world that's Whereas true Jurassic world definitely fits in this category for me i will defend that one but like we were so okay the main question i had in here is like why are these appealing and maybe you were getting at it already talking about how like it doesn't take as much analysis i mean i guess I like to say I can turn my brain off, even though I don't yeah. turn my brain off all the way. It's like I just know that I won't have to do any mental heavy lifting. It's almost like yeah. lowest common denominator movies. <laughs> like these are these are the pop culture. These are like the filler, like big budget flicks sometimes that are just bombastic to be bombastic. And that for me, it's a. Uh... It's along the same lines because I don't get to turn my brain off because it's still that kind of film scholar thing in the back of my mind where that's what I've studied for so long that I think that's why I can appreciate these. That's why I can I can say like this is succeeding as a film because of, of the direction it's going uh, because of auteur theory and uh, just all of this stuff with uh, whenever I see one of these, it's I can appreciate it so much because because I, it's kind of like you know the rules and then you can break them. It's because I've spent so much time looking at the at the cinematography and the the scholarship behind it. It's like, yep, they're doing good things, and that's why this is fun. Kind of like you when you can't stand a slow paced movie because you know it, and you're like, you're breaking this the wrong way. That's kind of the way I feel about like the Transformers movies because they're they're dumb in the bad way for me because they don't do it well. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, some of the first Transformers, like the, maybe the very first, the first one, one, was pretty funny right. and fun um, in this way. But I, I know exactly what you're getting at. And yeah, like the first one, I will. Yeah, I loved. I did really like the first one. There's a line here where it's like sometimes it's just a bad movie. And then other times it's a, like a dumb movie, but it's fun right. and it's good. And it's, you know, again, both of them can kind of go towards low, lowest common denominator. But these movies have like redeeming qualities about them that we love. So, yep. Maybe we should get into our favorites a little bit to talk about them. So, I mean, I already talked about Jurassic World. Uh, I wanted to mention, like, Fifth Element in passing, mm, which yes. you said you just watched Valerian, and I would probably yes. group that in here, too. Yeah, because, okay, I loved Valerian. It is not a good movie. No, there it's is, not. Like, it is not a good movie. And I remember you talking about it uh, during the geekery, uh, whenever it was that you watched it initially. And it was you said that it, it didn't have a good story, but it was pretty, and that you should watch it just because of how pretty it is. It is and I totally agree with that. I, the story is terrible. Don't get me wrong. And the the relate the like romance element is completely forced, and the acting is bad. But it's that level of fifth element bad 
almost like it doesn't quite reach there and i'm sitting there watching this and i'm maybe 15 minutes into the movie and i'm sitting there it's like i see something it's like they get to like the first desert planet or something and i just sit and look and i'm at it and i'm like this feels this is bad but this feels almost like fifth element bad like that's really the vibe that i got off of it and so i imd beat it and it's the same director. And I'd completely forgotten that it was done by the same director. And it was like, oh, well, that would be why it's Fifth Element bad. And uh, just I kind of leaned in at that point because I realized that it was doing what it was setting out to do, even though there were a lot more uh, face plants in this one than there was in than there were in uh, The Fifth Element. Yeah, well, I think a bunch of sci-fi can fit in here. It just depends on the person. Like, I already mentioned like, right. Pacific Rim for me. I see it's on your mm-hmm. list, too. But, I mean, yep. you have Battlefield Earth, which I've actually never oh. seen, but that's sci-fi, right? Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it, it is. Okay, it is the... It is, uh, I don't even know how to put why I like that movie, because it's not good, and I don't like it, and it's not terribly fun. But... Every single time it comes on TV and I see it just playing, I'll stop and I'll watch it. Half the time I'll do it if I see it on demand because I don't see it on any of the streaming services often. But if I go across and it has a little Prime thing, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch Battlefield Earth. I don't know what it is because it is a straight up bad movie. It doesn't even fit in with the rest of these, but it's like, all right, I'll watch this and I can't not watch it. I don't know what it is. Well, here, let me tell you about a bad sci-fi movie that is absolutely glorious. You already know it. It's called Starship Troopers. Oh, it's so good. I love that movie. It is horrible, and I love it. It's yep, so, so bad. good. I don't e- Again, I don't so rewatch good, movies yeah. much, but that is one that I don't even know how many times I've seen it. Oh, I know. I'm the same way. I had it on DVD that basically stayed by my TV when I was in college that I would just watch it over and over again. And all of this stuff with, like, would you like to know more? Like, I just, oh, I love the trappings of that movie and everything that they did around it. It's, have you read the book? I have. I actually really like the book. Um, Usually, yeah. if I read the book, well, there's three things that are tied together in my mind. So if I ever do one, I will always go out of my way to do the other two. So the Starship Troopers movie, the Starship Troopers book, and then Old Man's War, the book. Mm, um, yes. Those three are, like just linked in my head so whenever i read one of those books or watch the movie the next thing that i do is do the other two and it's like without fail every time and they're so good and that was one of the reasons i think starship troopers is like important because it was it's been done in both ways because the book is incredibly serious and almost propaganda level serious sci-fi and then you get starship troopers it's this farce of everything that the book was but it's still a fantastic adaptation of the book and then you have old man's war that john scalzi wrote as a counterpoint to the book but has an almost tonally at an almost tonal adaptation of the movie going in like it's it's absurd how well scalzi linked into those two different products yeah properties yeah, yeah, no, totally. So, I mean, there's like, there's that whole wing of sci fi that you and I have both latched on to. Ready Player One probably fits in here I'm somewhere. I'm assuming too. it's going to. Yeah, um, along with like this Pacific Rim movies. And then there's oh, this big other robots. wing. Of, yeah, I know. And like, you know, maybe the first Transformers movie could be in there, the first one, right. none of the other ones. Um, nope. And then I see you have Snatch and 21 Jump Street, and I have uh, Hot Fuzz and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And now that I'm looking at our lists, those are all kind of in a similar vein, aren't they? Yeah. 
They kind of are. It's like Snatch is a Guy Ritchie movie. Have you ever seen it? No. I think I tried once and I didn't know what I was getting in for. I just wasn't yes. prepared or in the right state of mind for it. Right. And you have to be. It's something where you have to be in the right mindset because you can't understand anything that people are saying. So the first time you watch it, especially, put on the subtitles. It will make it a lot better. And the movie is just ridiculous. It's kind of a pseudo-sequel to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And it's what made me a huge Brad Pitt fan. The moment I saw him in that movie, I fell in so much love with him that it's just like I would I would leave my wife if Brad Pitt walked in right now. It's like, hey, you wanna get married? I'm like, yeah, why not? It's like I love him because of Snatch. He is that is the best role he has ever had. And so because of him in that movie, I love it. Mickey the Pikey is so funny. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is also a Brad Pitt movie and it's yep. Angelina Jolie. And I think it's probably my favorite performance from both of them. Like, okay, I love that movie. It is ridiculous. And I think that most people, if they've even seen it or even heard of it, it's <laughs> like it's a, a, a spy partner movie. But basically, there's a husband and wife team. They're married and being married is their cover. And they don't know that each other are spies and right. they end up going up against each other and they get assignments to take each other out. So they're like they're kind of spies, kind of like hitmen, basically. So they get a contract to kill each other and that's where the movie starts essentially and then they find out that the other person is also a hitman and it's just it's ridiculous it's over the top it was and kind it's of so good it is so good it was kind of billed as like a spy movie but it's not yeah. it's a comedy and it's absolutely it's one of those that i think like the marketing on it was just totally destroyed any chance it ever had of getting picked up by like mainstream people because mm -hmm. What that movie looked like before it came out and what that movie actually is are two completely different things. And I said, I, we were talking about this before we started recording, but it was the best movie that came out that year. I can't remember what year it was, but it was 2004-ish, 2005-ish. And when I saw it, I've watched it so many times and I saw it in the theater probably three times. It was just, it, it wasn't brilliant, but it was just perfect for that time period like when it was in theaters it was what i wanted to see and uh it, it's just it's it was fantastic and this one that i don't even consider on my top list but every time somebody mentions it i'm like oh my god it was so good well i think a lot of these too they grow on you like the first right. time you see it it might be okay like the level of like love and like hype we're pouring out here it only comes after you've seen these movies a bunch like yes two three times at least but really after you've passed like five times ten times twenty times seeing these movies there's like even if it doesn't have a cult following it ends up having almost like a personal cult following mm -hmm. for you and that's the kind of movie that we're talking about so like um hot fuzz is another one for me i think at this point everybody has seen hot fuzz at least once but My you know it's a hasn't. good that's weird to me it's part of that like Shaun of the dead trilogy mm -hmm. the the Cornetto trilogy, whatever it ended up being I can never remember, called. yeah. It's very loosely tied together with Shaun of the Dead and uh, The World's End, but Hot Fuzz is the standout one, easily. And it's, you know, just a buddy cop movie that's just over the top and ridiculous, but also amazing. Like, it's an Edgar right. Wright movie. And I really like Edgar Wright movies, which it is probably also ties into Scott Pilgrim, which I would put on this list. And yes. I think... I'm putting it on this list because most people would probably put it here. Um, I actually think that Scott Pilgrim, that movie, does so much more than it's ever given credit for. It yep. it might be my favorite movie of all time. Like, oh my gosh. I don't have a lot. I, I keep coming back to the fact that I don't have a lot of movies that I rewatch, and I'm kind of 
putting most of them out there right now. I mean, outside of Star Wars, um, which I wouldn't put on this list, but that's one that I rewatched like a lot. Uh, you know, and like the Marvel movies, I kind of rewatch those. Everything yeah. else is kind of here. It's this kind of stuff that we're talking about. And um, Scott Pilgrim is probably my favorite movie. I just, I love everything that the director does, the director writer, like, does with that movie. And I was really upset when it came out because it looked so dumb. Like, like in a bad way, I was so annoyed by everything about it i completely did not watch it that it took me um, it may have been 10 years after it was released before i actually saw it uh, uh close to 10 years at least and when i finally saw it i was just blown away by how good it was that i'd heard people say it was good but i just assumed that they were they had bad taste and then when i saw it it was just brilliant like it really was that the way that he put it together it's it's so unique in the way that the story is told and i i love it i've seen it a lot probably not as much as you have but it's one that i really wish i hadn't waited so long on well, it's one that on a surface level, it looks like kind of a dumb, bad made like video game movie that's not really mm -hmm. a video game movie. Um, and that's why, why I saw it, because people are like, oh, you like games? You should see this. And right. I was like, no, there's something more to that movie. And then you keep going back and watching it. And it's like, oh, there are so many levels to the story and the visual storytelling and the script and the writing. And it's I, I can't believe like how deep that movie is for mm -hmm. what it seems like it actually is on the surface. Right. For what it is, it is way more than what it is. Yeah. Well, and I if love that how makes sense. It, it totally does. I love how on your list you have basically any Vin Diesel movie. Yeah, pretty much. I uh, I love me some Vin Diesel and I get more I get like so much of a hard time given to me because of this but like fast and the furious is one of my all-time favorite movies and I, I know we had a a topic our second episode i think maybe me I, I don't remember which one it was but we uh where we were talking about how much i love vin diesel how much i love fast and the furious movies and i have i still haven't seen fast eight though like uh, fate of the furious i've i've just not I've just not uh, sat down to watch it yet, but it was like, I love these movies so much and I don't like cars. I'm not a car guy. And it is, it's something where I go four miles an hour over the speed limit, wherever I drive, it is, I am putting my cruise control on and I'm good. But when it comes to Fast and the Furious, I just want all the fast cars I can. I want to hear Vin Diesel say ridiculously bad things. And like I, I remember saying it then, and I'll say it again. When I watched Fast Five, uh, Fast, uh, it was uh, I texted Jennifer because I was watching it when she was like at work or out of town or something, and I was really disappointed because there just weren't enough fast cars in it. And she was, she just died because it was something she never thought that she would hear out of me that I was like yeah it's fine but there's just not enough fast cars wow and it's like I just I just I just love those movies and I love Vin Diesel I've seen the pacifier I still haven't seen uh, what is it the last witch hunter like I really need to see it and uh, probably this coming week or weekend I'm gonna watch the new triple x movie because it finally started streaming the return of Xander Cage wow yeah those are those are bad but i are so bad yeah um and then the last one that you had was date night which i think you've talked about before right jennifer and i have this thing where date night is one of the 
is one of those movies that we just go back to and watch. It and 21 Jump Street are two of our go-to movies that when we want to just laugh and have a good time together and don't really want to to think and just be there with each other, we'll just watch 21 Jump Street or Date Night. And nobody seems to appreciate Date Night uh, whenever I mention it to them. And that's one of the reasons Austin and I became friends is because when uh, we when we realized that we both quoted at the exact same time in a conversation a a line out of a let me think how how was it out of a deleted scene that was being played during the credits of date night uh and we realized that we were soulmates at that point and uh because of date night and so jennifer and i did the same thing wow wow yeah uh okay so those are our favorites uh Let's wrap it up by talking about like what we're looking forward to right now. I mean, yeah. Ready Player One, obviously. We've been yep. talking about that for a couple weeks now. Uh, I would also say Pacific Rim 2 for me, which you saw, right? I saw, yeah. I was seeing that one on opening night. Jennifer wouldn't go see it with me, so I went and saw it by myself. Work finished up a little bit early, and I went to the theater at 4.15 to watch it. And Sweet. it was glorious. Okay. It, was, it wasn't as good as the first one. Like, I really, really loved the first one. And I lost my Blu-ray of it. And so when I went out to get a running shirt the other day, I saw the first one on Blu-ray for seven fifty at Target. So I grabbed it. So I watched Pacific Rim on uh, uh, Pacific Rim 2 on Friday, and it was awesome awesome and then on sunday after my long run i basked in the post 12 mile glory and uh laid on the couch and watched pacific rim so it was like the perfect afternoon for me sweet um we both have tag on here which i think is funny because i didn't even hear about it till last week it was last yeah it was last week because my buddy sent a trailer to jennifer and she made me watch it and it was a short trailer and then before pacific rim 2 there was a different trailer for tag and it was it it is exactly my kind of dumb comedy like date night or 21 jump street it really feels like it's going to be one of those movies yeah, and it, that's one that a lot of these we haven't been talking about what they are because we just, they're well enough known. Tag is like a really new on the scene. I don't know why it's just in the last week I've started seeing stuff. Yeah, but same here. It's a, a Jeremy Renner and it's like him and three or four of his friends and they've had a game of tag going on for 30 some years. And uh, every, I think they said every May, it's an ongoing game of tag nonstop 24-7 for the whole month. So it's about them as a group, but really it's a comedy movie. And it just, it looks funny. Look up a trailer if you haven't heard of it yet. It it looks way better than I ever thought it could have possibly been. It, it, it. It makes me want to have a 30-year game of tag with my friends. It makes me want to get together with my friends once a year and play a month-long game of tag. It wow. looks like it does. Like that's the kind of social thing that I would love to have. Like I don't know, there was something about the concept and the the writing in the trailer at least uh, that was I was I yeah, I want to see it good. I mean, I guess the last one on here that I'm actually anticipating is uh, Jurassic World 2, which is, I don't know, yeah. some subtitle. Fallen Kingdom? That sounds approximately right. Fallen Kingdom? Um, yeah, I think that's it. It doesn't really never matter what it's it. called. Yeah. It's it's another Jurassic World. I'm going to see it. I'm going to enjoy it. So, yep. yeah. You have Deadpool 2, which I totally forgot about Deadpool. But yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. 
the trailers i saw a trailer that uh the newest trailer they released that were basically uh showed that they were putting together x-force and i just got excited that uh that one made me really happy when i saw terry cruz in it because terry cruz is one of my favorite actors and i was like he may be playing bishop and I'm really excited because I watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine and it's one of my favorite TV shows. And it is it is this kind of dumb because I didn't think I was going to like it at all. And it's become probably my favorite show on TV uh, And when I used to hate sitcoms. So it was uh, it's really good. So when I saw Terry Crews, it was I'm all in on Deadpool 2 now. Nice. And then you have Solo with a lot of question marks. I don't know. I, I don't, know, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be dumb. And I don't know if I'm looking forward to it because I don't know what kind of dumb it's going to be. Yeah, I don't think Disney will let it be bad enough that it can actually be dumb in like the cult status way of the movies yeah. that we're talking about are. Um, yeah. I think if it's bad, it'll just be bad. That's my concern. Yep. I did see the... Uh, when I went to the theater the other day, I did see one of the giant plagiarized solo posters, though, that uh, they did go ahead and just put those out. So it was it's really funny to me. But I saw it. And I was like, yeah, I know what you guys did. Wow. Nice. Um, OK, cool. I think that's about it for the main topic. Let's get over to uh, Geeky Off for the Week really quick. Uh, you can go to audibletrial.com slash geek to geekcast and get a free audiobook on us. Month free trial always cool it helps the podcast um i'm gonna recommend a book this week because it's part of my weekly geekery uh the powder mage trilogy so the first one i read called promise of blood have you heard of this trilogy i've heard of it and i actually googled it when i saw it on there and i i don't it's not the one i'm thinking of but somebody has told me about it i'm not sure if it was you or one of my other friends yeah it's interesting i mean they have like all of these different they call them like cabals of mages that are kind of uh, almost different schools of magic, but not really. They're like uh, different ranks of people. It, it's definitely a fantasy setting, but it's this one centers around uh, the powder mages and how they're basically like gunpowder and like gun mages in a fantasy uh, setting. Okay. And they are one of the only groups of people that can counter like the traditional magic users so it's it's a really hmm. interesting dichotomy between them so i haven't done a ton of fantasy recently and this is one of the only ones that like hooked me enough to pull me all the way through outside of like sanderson or brent weeks and the stuff right. that we always like um so yeah i'm gonna recommend that for the week again that sounds awesome geekery. i blasted through it in the last week or two don't forget we're part of podcast network which is awesome i listen to everybody every week there's always geekitude with joe hogan and ray and they, I don't know what they're covering this week because the episode's not out yet, but I will be listening to it when it comes out. Um, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea this week, they talked about rom-coms and how they're different when they're written by men versus women, which was a really mm -hmm. interesting talk. And then the comic box, Rob actually had Katie from Tea Time as the guest co-host this week. And they ended up talking about a bunch of stuff. They have a really good, it's like an hour and a half, almost two hour long episode um, where they talk about a bunch of stuff. And then they also talk about Jessica Jones. But um I'm like halfway through it right now and they're just talking about other things and I love it. I love when that happens sometimes. And I do too. Like that's, I love the tangents in shows with people I like, but not strangers. Yes. Yes. So it's all good stuff. If you like the network, go check out everything. Uh, let's get over to our weekly geekery. What do you have this week? I'm listening to The Collapsing Empire. You recommended this a long time ago, and I bought it on Audible. And now that I'm able to listen to audiobooks while I run, I am uh, getting through audio. I'm finally getting through books. And I finished Ready Player One, and it was everything I remembered it being. And I cannot wait 
wait to see my 3D spectacle of Ready Player One on Thursday night of this week. And uh, so I'm ready because of that. So I moved directly from it into the Collapsing Empire. Uh, when I saw it in my library, I was like, oh yeah, there are more Scalzi books. And so I started it, and I think I'm. it was in the beginning of one of my runs. I don't even remember, but uh, I'm almost done with it now. I think it's a nine-hour audiobook, and I think I may have one more run's worth of uh, audio on it. So I'm really excited because it feels like Dune. It has an incredible Dune vibe. That's really, really what it feels like to me. Except except that it's good. And when I texted you, that's what you said. That's what I was about to say. But I love Dune. Frank Herbert, the first Dune and the third Dune. Uh, was it? It's, is it God Emperor of Dune? That's the third one, or is it Children of Dune? That's the third one. You're I not don't asking remember. the right uh, person. I tried the first Dune, and I was like, "This is extremely boring. I'm never coming back to this." Okay, I love the first one. It is incredibly boring, but it is. It, I like okay, the miniseries. Not- Does that count? Yes, because the sci-fi okay, miniseries is great. The David Lynch movie that was done in the 80s is terrible, and I know I'm going to get hate mail for that, uh, but it's it, it's true. And it, the, the, it takes the good parts of Dune, which is like the political intrigue, and puts it on characters that you can actually sympathize with and empathize with, where uh, Dune is incredibly well written and plotted and if you get into the politics of it you really see how intricate it was and how hard it was for frank herbert to put this entire story together that that uh, i did some master's work on it so i'm like huge fan of dune like i can dig into dune i've taught it at uh, uh multiple times and the Collapsing Empire takes the best parts of it and makes it accessible. So I was really excited because I'm so close to being done with it now. I was like, it's been a while since that came out. So I went to look up for the next one when it was coming out and see if it was out yet. And it's not. So I'm angry. But I did find out that there is a second lock-in book, that there is a sequel to lock-in. Did you know this? Yeah, I did. It's not out yet, right? Or is it out yet? It is out now. Okay, so that I'm, snuck by I'm, me. We talked about this I, earlier, how like we don't really pay attention to release dates for books. So I knew that one existed, <laughs> but I, I thought it was like a ways out still. And I didn't know that there was going to be a sequel to it. So my once I finish The Collapsing Empire, I'm going to re-listen to Lock-In so that I can then listen to Lock-In 2 or whatever the title is. But uh, I'm, I'm really excited because they're doing it the same way. There are still two different versions of the audiobook, one with Will Wheaton and one with Amber Benson, and since I started the Will Wheaton one, um, apparently I'm just going to be listening to like four Will Wheaton narrated uh, audiobooks in a row, because uh, he did Ready Player One, he does The Collapsing Empire, he narrated my version of Lock-In, and I'll get the one he narrates as well for Lock-In 2 to stick with it. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Lock-In, the, audio, the book never refers to the main character with any gendered pronouns um that it is a first person novel and you never get you are never told uh because of the nature of the book whether the the uh, main character is male or female so they in order to make the uh i don't even just to kind of immerse you in it as an audiobook and let you choose how what perspective you wanted to see it from and hear it from they did a male and a female recording of it. So you have a man and a woman both uh, doing the story and I need to listen to both of them. I haven't listened to the Amber Benson ones, but she's great. She was Tara on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, it's cool. It's, uh, I mean, the 
the first person nature of it it's not over the top like it's not an no. in your face trying to make a point which i think is it might come off the wrong way the way you described it because right i didn't listen to the audiobook i read this book right when it came okay. out because i like scalzi and i usually read his stuff right when it comes out um unless i totally forget there's a release date apparently but um <laughs> I read Lock In right when it came out, and I didn't notice at all. It like it was months I and months either. after I had finished the book that somebody mentioned to me that it could be a male or a female, and I was like, "Oh, interesting. That's pretty cool." Like it, it's very subtle. Yeah, and I didn't notice it at all. The only reason I knew about it was because I was browsing Audible one day and saw that uh, Lock In by Am- narrated by Amber Benson, and I was like, "No, it wasn't." That was well Wheaton. And I looked into it, and uh, the more I looked, it was because there are no gendered pronouns in it, and I didn't even notice it because the story, like, it's not in your face. Yeah, I don't want you guys to think it is. It's just a really well-written book that can change your perspective of how things are going if you listen to it. Then I uh, we finished Nailed It. I told you about that. I wanted to... Uh, have you watched it yet? Have you seen the first episode of Nailed It yet? No. No. Okay. Uh, we showed it to one of our friends, and he's now going to go home and watch all of it. He watched the final two episodes of the season because they're all standalone. And then uh, he's going back to start and watch the rest of it because it's it's great. It's the parody cooking show that doesn't – it's dumb. It, it goes in exactly with this topic because it is a cooking show that falls in exactly with where we're talking about these dumb movies. That it's uh, it knows exactly what it is. It knows it's not serious. And just leans in, and we finished it, and we're sad that there's not any more. I hope it gets, uh, I hope it gets renewed. And I bought myself a, a Garmin Vivo Fit Four activity tracker because the Garmin Forerunner Two Thirty Five I run with is very unwieldy, and so I don't want to wear like a big, even though it's a small GPS watch, I don't want to wear just a big watch like twenty four hours a day, and I forget to put it on all the time. So I bought one of the newest activity trackers they have that syncs up with the same thing because I want to be able to be more active. I'm a numbers dude, so I'm going to push myself to get all these steps and it syncs up between my GPS watch, it counts steps, and then this one does as well. So I'm doing that. And it has a year-long battery because it doesn't do a charge. It uses a uh, watch battery or uh, one of the flat cell batteries. So it... uh It'll last forever and a year, and then I just replace the battery. So I'm really enjoying that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep it because it's something that uh, I don't. I'm still testing it out right now. I like the idea of it, but I don't know how it's actually going to go in the long term. But right now, I'm liking it. And then the Barkley Marathons just happened. I was talking about that a couple of weeks ago with the documentaries and everything, and you and I were talking about it. Did you know that they were this weekend? that the Barkley Marathons were going on? Only because you were talking about it on Twitter. Ah, okay, that's fair. I was I was sad because, you know, the documentary that uh, that was out, both of them, and this newest one was talking, uh, was following Gary Robbins, and he was going in for his third attempt this year, and nobody finished. That This is the first year since 2015 there were no finishers. And, uh, I mean, there have only been 15 finishers in the last 30 years anyway, so it was... It was interesting to see that nobody did, even the even the veterans who've done it a long uh, lot. And Gary didn't make it past 
didn't even make it past uh, lap three of the five laps, and he didn't uh, even make the cutoff to be able to move forward into lap four. That uh, he didn't make that, I think, 36 hour time that you had to be in under. Uh, so nobody even went into lap four this year. So it kind of got called early because weather in Tennessee was apparently terrible there, that it was East Tennessee, like everywhere else in the United States, had unpredictable weather, and it just ruined the the Barkley this year. Well, it didn't ruin it. I mean, it is what it is, but it made it much harder for them. That sucks. That's unfortunate. Maybe next year. It's interesting. I still I still say that if you are interested in it at all, that Netflix documentary is really cool to see. Yep, and then after you watch that one, watch Where Dreams Go to Die by the Ginger Runner Uh it's a follow-up documentary that he did for it. Nice. Yeah, so this week, um, I my brother came over and we overhauled my network. Basically, like, all the brains of my network got redone. Um, I kept my modem, and my I have a really good... It, it's supposed to be a router, but I'm using it as, like, an overkill access point instead. Like, a, a nice Netgear uh, Nighthawk something with ridiculous antennas on it because mm-hmm. I'm in a townhouse and I have to blast out all of my neighbor's signals to get good Wi-Fi. And yeah. those two parts I left, and we changed out everything else. So I actually have a dedicated router for the first time ever that's not like a router and switch together. All it does is route stuff. And then I got um, a really nice switch that I was going to buy one, and then my dad's like, oh, I have a really nice one, so he just gave it to me, which was sweet. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. So yeah, between that for my dad and then my brother coming over, and um, the router is actually really cool because it's basically just like a Linux machine running on dedicated hardware. So it's pretty sweet. Um, Anyway, my Wi-Fi is now like, 200 megabits per second or something like that it's ridiculous and i love it and it's great so that was my like big project for the week uh i'm still playing fortnite the only thing interesting to report in is that blitz mode was like the timed one or like the the limited time one this week and it's the first limited time mode that they've patched in that i feel like i wish stayed forever because all of Mm, the other ones i mentioned how like I could see where I would start to get sick of it if it was always available. And Blitz mode is the same as normal, except you start with the Storm Ring already closing in on the first circle. So it just cuts down the game time by like five minutes. So those Mm. like 25 minute games, you know, if you like make it towards the end, it might be like 20, 25, somewhere in there. Um, Now they were down to like 20 minutes. And a lot of the time, because of the nature of Fortnite, you get knocked out early. I could play through matches and have a good time and feel like I'd actually done something and get eliminated, still be in like the top 50, sometimes top 20, and it would only take like five minutes, maybe hmm. 10. So that was really cool. I wish that one would stay around. I think it's already out of the game. Besides that, I'm still playing Fortnite, obviously. I saw people who I had no idea were even gamers talking about Fortnite on Facebook recently, and I was just like, man... Y'all, yeah. One of the executives from my company who hasn't played a game since like Goldeneye was asking me about it. I was like, "This is ridiculous." (sighs) Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like I mean, like I've told you, it's not even the game. It's like I don't understand how it blew up like this. Like I don't understand the the viral hype that it has right now. I know. I think I'm more invested in the story of how it's gotten so big than I am in the actual game at this point because it's just fascinating. It's really, really interesting. Um, But I tried a bunch of other games this week and like nothing really stuck, which was kind of unfortunate, but at least I crossed a bunch of things off my list. Have you heard of any of these next three? Um, No. Okay, so Warhammer Vermintide 2, it's... Uh, it's a sequel to Vermintide, which wasn't great, but it was okay, supposedly. I never played it. Um, but it's it's basically like Left 4 Dead, 
but Warhammer and with like character classes. So you can actually like advance mm. a class and like give it skills and like evolve it over time if you keep using it. I didn't love it. Like I could see why other people were liking it, but it didn't do enough new for me. And I'm not a mm. huge fan of the Warhammer setting. So I played for like an hour and a little bit and then I got a Steam refund on it, which ended uh, up being fine. But at least I kind of sampled it because a lot of people I knew were talking about it and saying good things. And I haven't played any of the Warhammer games other than Warhammer Online. And I'm still mad that that one got closed down because I. I loved that game and it's the only Warhammer thing I've ever really liked because I'm I'm like you I'm not a huge fan of the setting but there was something about it that I adored and apparently no one else did yeah I don't know I I know a lot of people like Warhammer and I think it's okay and I think 40k is a little bit better but it's just not yeah. my kind of thing. I do which like is 40K totally as a setting. It's cool. Yeah. Um, so then I jumped over. I played Assassin's Creed Rogue, the remaster, because I got it for super cheap on PSN. There was like, it, I think it's only $30. And then there was a sale where it knocked another like 20 or 30% off of it. So I got hmm. it for cheap. I was like, I'll try it because I never played this one. It was I didn't kind know of, you had never played it. Well, it it was the one that came out when Unity was coming out on PS4. This came out on 360 and PS3. This is the only one that didn't get released on like modern consoles after modern consoles had come out. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so it was it was a weird one, but it feels like an odd mashup, like a mix up of gameplay from Assassin's Creed three and four. And because of that, there's nothing really new. I mean, the story is new. And like the maps, like the areas you can get to are new, but it feels like playing three. And if it doesn't feel like when you're playing three, it feels like you're playing four. I mean, it's basically (laughs) like Black Flag's open world with the ship. And then on the ground, it feels a lot like Assassin's Creed three with like the movement and the abilities and stuff like that. So it actually does have some of the same locations from those games just totally taken and placed back down. So it kind of ties them together a little bit, but I don't know. I, I Like, I've played those games. I don't need to play them again. So I put five hours into it, and I was kind of yeah. like, ugh, I was expecting more, and I set it down. And then I moved and over to— I was in—have uh, you ever heard of the the store Five Below? Yes. There was. I went to Five Below the other night just to see what was there. Actually, I went there to see if they had Pacific Rim on Blu-ray for $5 and uh, before I found it for 7 But they had Assassin's Creed 3 for the Wii U— for five dollars and i'm tempted to go get it but i'm also i have it on pc and so i'm trying to decide i don't know if that's worth it and i don't know if i would actually play through enough of it to actually honestly even pay five dollars for it but three's supposed to be good right um it really depends on who you ask i thought it was i, I liked it but right. it is a lot of people's least favorite game in the series and i understand why so uh, your mileage will vary for sure i gotcha yeah. Um, and then I jumped over and I played War Games. It's actually hashtag War Games, which have you Is heard about Is that the actual name one? of it? The actual name has a hashtag in it, yes. Okay, then no, I absolutely have not. I th- honestly thought you were just making fun of it or something. No, I wasn't. That's what it's called. It's um. So you remember Her Story from a year or two ago? Yep. Yeah, so it's the guy or the team or the whatever that made Her Story. This is their next project. And it's like a reimagining of War Games for the modern era. Um huh. Whereas her story was very, very interesting and new in terms of like how you interact with like the basically the FMV, right? Like the full motion video of it. Yeah. Um, this is like an FMV game 
made for modern times, but without anything really interesting about it. Um, there's Aww. a bunch of different video feeds all happening at the same time, and they're not clashing. They're all tied together. So it might be a bunch of people who are on webcams talking to each other, uh, or it could be like someone's phone, or like you know one of the people on the webcams like pulls up a browser window, so you can like click on that and make that big. So you always see all of the video feeds and how they're connected to each other, but you can click on any one at a time to see it be your like primary feed and like bigger in the window so the thing about the game like their hook that's supposed to get you is that depending on what you're watching more of it will adapt the story to give you like things that are interesting along those lines or focus more on those characters or more on that situation that you have as your primary video but to me it just didn't seem like anything was happening it seemed like i was watching a tv show because all of those things where it's like, oh, your choices matter because of what you watched, it's all so hidden from the player that it just oh. feels like you're watching TV. And once I got to that point where I felt like I was just watching a show, instead of comparing it to FMV games, I started comparing it to TV shows, and I went, oh, this is really bad. Like, oh, not okay. fun bad, just bad bad. So I think they were so subtle with what they were trying to do that it actually works against them in a way. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see that because if you don't really know how you're picking things and you're actually just sitting there and watching stuff without any other major interactivity, it would just be like watching TV. You click on a couple of things every now and then to move into a different window. Yeah, and I mean, I did probably like an hour of it and I wouldn't have, you know, looking back, if it had just been a TV show, I would not have watched nearly as much as I did. Um, hmm. So the fact that there was interaction, it kept me a little bit longer. But in the end, it just didn't work. Like, I liked what they were thinking, but I don't think the execution is there, which is sad. I was hoping for a lot from this one. At the and same I've never time, liked FMV games, so it doesn't sound like something I would even want to try, even though the concept is interesting. But you actually lost me at modern FMV game. Well, I don't like FMV games either, but I loved her story, and this is from the same people. And I love choose-your-own-adventure, like, impact-the-story type stuff. You know how much I like that. Yep. And this game was sold as the next project from her story people where you get to choose your own adventure. And I was like, perfect, I'm in. But the execution just wasn't at all what I wanted it to be. I get that. Uh, I guess the other thing... To wrap it up on a slightly better note, I watched Ultra Carbon this week. I watched like half of it. I'll probably have more full thoughts next week. But from a high level, like I like it a lot, just like you did. I do think that it has like more sex and more violence than it actually needs. It's kind of leaning into that like Netflix HBO trap of doing sex and violence to the extreme just because they can get away with it. Um, And I it fits the setting. It fits the story. It's not that it feels forced in. I just don't think they needed to take it as far as they did. And again. This is one where I feel like they just leaned in on it, where I was okay with it more than anything because, yeah, it's there and it's excessive and it's almost gratuitous. But because of the way the entire show presents itself, it's like, yep, this is part of it. Um, it's it it accepts that and so will I <laughs> okay I mean that's that's totally valid too I see why they do it and it does fit the right. setting so it's not like it's turning me away from the show I just feel like they probably could have gotten away with less and made the show a little bit I don't know more approachable maybe and yeah something like that um, but in the end I'm in it for that murder mystery and like the sci-fi murder mystery of it is really yeah. good. I really like that core part of it. And so that's what I'm watching it for. And what I was telling you right before we recorded, I don't actually remember how the book ends. It's been a really long time. So at some point I knew the answer to this murder mystery and I have since forgotten it. So yep. 
I'm I'm uh, right there with the characters trying to figure it out again. I'm like, I don't remember. I really don't remember the answer. And I knew like high points of the story. I've read this book like four times and I couldn't remember the very end of it. And they've changed just enough stuff in there where I don't uh I don't necessarily I wouldn't have been able to really pick a lot of the stuff out, even if I had remembered everything about it. But I found a video on YouTube after I finished this that was like, what, the 10 most major changes were in Altered Carbon? And it it helped me solidify back in what happened in the book. It's like, oh, yeah, they did change that. That's why that didn't feel as familiar. And uh, it was partly because I'd forgotten and partly because they had made adaptive choices to the show. But it worked. A lot of the stuff worked so well that they changed. I didn't even notice. Yeah, no, it's good. I'm, I'm glad that you like it. And I'll report back next week. I'll probably have it finished by next week's episode. So if I have more thoughts, I will bring those for sure. Um, that's about it for today. You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And if you want to just chat, we're on Slack too. You can go to slack.geek2geekcast.com for an invite. And like we said earlier, we're part of a podcast network. So so head over to geek2geekcast.com and see all of our shows. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. That's Beege with two E's. And I'm now online at runningshoes.tv. We've been Void and Beege with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geeks. Comics. Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on the Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for the Comic Box each week right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.